Welcome to the Nip-Tuck Coach Radio, your cosmetic surgery connection. Join cosmetic surgery Nip-Tuck Coach, beauty expert, and author of Safety First, A Consumer Guide to Cosmetic Surgery, Michelle Garber, your host of the Nip-Tuck Radio Show. Michelle's goal is to empower listeners and help them make safe cosmetic surgery procedure choices. This fun and lively show explores the world of beauty and cosmetic surgery and features expert guests on a variety of topics. No hype. Your host, Michelle Garber, is here today to help you navigate the confusing world of cosmetic surgery. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Garber, your host. Welcome to another episode of Nip Tuck Talk Radio. We are broadcasting from beautiful San Francisco. If you don't know me, I'm founder of Nip Tuck Coach, an independent cosmetic procedure consultancy, and I'm a patient advocate. My goal is to help you navigate the confusing world of cosmetic procedures by keeping you safe and well-informed so that not only do you get a great result, but you get the best result. And to create more consumer awareness for safety and beauty, I've written a comprehensive guide called Safety First, the 10 Golden Rules for Safe Cosmetic Surgery, which you can download for free at my website, which is www.niptuckcoach.com. So in my former career, I was a publicist in the mid-90s, and I worked a lot with plastic surgeons, dermatologists, medical aesthetics, and I was always trying to think of a new storyline. And what came to my mind was the male market. At that time, the male market was a very untapped market. It was before social media, and a lot of people were still in the closet, so to speak, with what they were doing in terms of aesthetics and plastic surgery. But I always knew that this market segment was going to eventually explode, and it has. There's a huge boom right now in male aesthetic procedures, everything from Botox to fillers to liposuction to plastic surgery. It's taken time to grow, but it's a really growing market right now. I think especially for the baby boomer men who want to stay youthful looking. I know we have um, Silicon Valley here and there's a lot of ageism going on. So men in their 50s are seeking different procedures just to act, look more refreshed. And I also have seen more an increase in my consulting business with men that are contacting me that are not sure quite what to do, but they're feeling like they're looking a little um, old or worn or tired. And today, I'm delighted to have with us Dr. Jason Emmer, and we're going to be talking about male cosmetics and aesthetics. Hi, Dr. Emmer. Are you there? Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. Good. Well, Dr. Jason Emmer is a Beverly Hills dermatologic surgeon who specializes in facial rejuvenation and body contouring. His specialty is lipocontouring, cellulite, and skin tightening procedures. He has a particular interest in the aesthetics of men and enhancing masculinity through subtle cosmetic improvement procedures. While in New York, he began an HIV clinic where fat transfer, facial fillers, and other cosmetic and plastic surgical procedures were used to enhance facial features and address body disproportions. Currently, he is an investigator for many pharmaceutical and medical device companies 
focusing on new and an innovative face and body cosmetic treatments, including lasers, radiofrequency, and fillers. His specialty is lipocontouring, cellulite, and skin tightening procedures. His practice is in Beverly Hills at the Spalding Drive Plastic Surgery. Thanks again, Jason. So welcome. Thank you. You recently moved to, from San Francisco to L.A., are you seeing an increase in male clients in L.A. compared to San Francisco? Oh, so much more than San Francisco. It's unbelievable. Every Everyone here cares so much about um, how they look and the difference is that they don't care to tell others about that. So are you saying that men in San Francisco don't care how they look? No, if they do, they're not telling other people. They might be doing so it on download or they're so doing it secretively. Yeah, exactly. But here you go, everywhere you go, everyone um, is starting to show off how their appearance. You know, it's a very athletic, uh, fit population. Um, even the restaurants, you know, have extremely healthy options. Very few um, um, restaurants which there's fried or high-calorie foods, and you can find them, but they're catering here specifically to this this need and want and desire uh, population for looking and feeling really good. So you say that you are enhancing male masculinity. Can you explain mm-hmm. that a little bit? What do you mean by enhancing male masculinity? Sure. When a lot of people think of cosmetics, they think of women in general because there was that trend of women, more women going to for in for plastic surgery procedures or for enhancements, but as the as we've been noticing, you know, we, you talked about before um, that there's a huge trend for males um, to go in for age prevention, also for treatments of things that bother them. And what I'm seeing now are men that are coming in that want to look really good, but want to sort of enhance the features they have to show off um, how masculine they are, rather than the thought of, you know, being feminine when they go in to get a procedure. Things like, you know, jawline contouring, um, masculinizing the forehead with fillers. Um, I do a lot of fat transfer to different areas of the body to enhance uh, musculature or liposuction to give definition. Just seeing trends um, of things to sort of make men look good but also appear more attractive to female or male counterparts. So what do you mean by um, masculizing the male forehead? So there's a lot of guys that have that sort of bowed forehead, very thick uh, musculature and Neanderthal look. There's a lot of men that come in that don't want to appear to look like they're mad or angry or have this sort of overbearing personality or look from first impression. So what we'll do is to soften that, we can use Botox to start to calm down the muscles or neuromodulators like Botox, Dysport, or Xeomin, or also in the area of the forehead to sort of soften and lift so you don't see that ridging so much. In the past, so, you have to sort of go in there and shave down the bone. You're shaving down the bone? Go in there. Fillers? I'm saying now we do things non-invasively. In the past, people used to have to go in and do surgery, surgically shave down the bone to treat the sort of thing. Okay. 
So now, um, instead of going in surgically and shaving down the bone, you're able to augment the forehead using mm-hmm. fat transfer and fillers? Yeah, exactly. And that softens the ridge of the bone. It gives a more natural contour. It makes people look less um, unapproachable. And it, it creates your, your attraction to that area of their face to other areas to make them look more attractive and appearing. In appearance. Now, are you doing more fat transfer there? Because if you, you're using fillers, it's only going to last for a certain amount of time. Is that an area that's more conducive to fat transfer? You know, all the areas on the face work fine for the fat transfer. It's really how it's harvested and how much is injected at a time. Um, a lot of men actually like the idea that fillers can be reversed uh, if they don't like it. So I sort of have a 50, 50, uh, 50% of the patients will want something that's more long-term and 50% of the patients will want something that they're okay with in the short term. Um, some of the fillers we have now, like Juvederm or Restylane, they're hyaluronic acid fillers, even Belotero. They're very soft fillers. So on the forehead, they look really good. Um, it also fillers last a lot longer there because you inject it typically under the muscle pretty deep on the bone, and it just sits there and lasts uh, for, for a significant amount of time, sometimes one to two years, even longer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So fillers in the forehead will last a lot longer than fillers in the cheek area for women. I see. Yeah, I see, I see that, and also on the nose, that's, I see it last a lot longer. Now, I've, I've also been told by men that they're afraid to have, let's say, Botox because they don't want to be feminized. Exactly. And they and feel that's... that by softening all that, that hardness that you're speaking of, that masculinity. I mean, when I think of a masculine guy, I think of a guy that, that does have some crow's feet and some lines on their face. You know, men, as men age, I think they get sexier. Of course, when women age, we don't get as sexy as men. But a sexy man, I mean, look at um, like Clint Eastwood, you know, for instance, mm-hmm. or Robert Redford. I mean, they're full of lines and crow's feet and wrinkles, but we think of them as sexy men. And so I have heard from men that um, when we talk about aesthetics and Botox and fillers, that they get a little bit, ooh, like, I'm worried that I will look too feminine. I mean, I, I think that men in general don't want to lose their masculinity. What do you think about this? Is, well, is the way men so are thinking of, of themselves, is, is that changing? Yeah, that's interesting that your opinion is how I think a lot of people used to think about male aging. Um, I find a lot of my patients don't want to look like those that Clint Eastwood or Robert Redford anymore, where their even their eyelids are hanging over their eyes at this point because they have so many wrinkles and such. The difference is in being able to improve those aging qualities, but not take them away completely. So a lot of times, instead of, instead of doing full doses or large amounts, you're under-treating. You're just enhancing a little bit of the features so that they look like a better version of their age. Um, and that's typically what I try to do. People that are in their younger ages that are coming in, we, I don't want to feminize that. So I'm not doing full doses. I'm not doing large amounts of fillers. We're just doing little bits to prevent. 
as somebody ages, though, and they're starting to see some of those wrinkles, you might not take them completely away, but we do things to make them look a little bit better, which would be lasers or just less doses of neurotoxins and fillers in certain areas that keep them looking masculine, but more attractive version of, you know, their age. A lot of the men are wanting to look um, better and don't really want to have as many wrinkles, as much of that that people have been okay with in men, but not in women. So are you finding that your younger male patients are wanting to look different in terms of um, what they consider to be uh, male enhancement or masculinity compared to your older male patients, or does it have to do with straight men versus gay men? Talk to us a little bit about all that. Well, I definitely see a big trend more so in the gay community um, where people are wanting to look much younger even when they're older as compared to the straight community. In the straight community, I find most of the men that come in want things done where no one would know they had it. Um, They just look a little bit better, um, and maybe it's because their wife went in or they're starting to look a little bit more tired, and they see other people looking a little bit better when they're younger. The older population that I see in the gay community do are are really surrounded by a lot of younger people, and and there's a trend that I notice in them desiring looking much younger. That then comes back on the doctor. It's the doctor like me that will say, listen, you're in your 50s, you're in your 60s. We can't make you look 20. We have to do things that are going to make you look natural and look like a normal version of your age. And that's the type of practice that I will do. But there are some people, especially out here, um, where things could be overdone or people are willing to do a lot more, push the limit on how young they'll try and make somebody look. And I think it's just a difference between the communities. You know, as, like you said, a lot of women feel as men age, they look better. And even with wrinkles, even with sagging and that sort of thing. Whereas in the gay community, I don't see that. Most people want to stay looking young forever. So it takes a certain type of doctor to be able to get the realistic expectations over to the patient so that they understand that, you know, they won't look natural or won't look normal if they overdo it and that they have to start younger at preventing some of these things from happening so that in the end they can look younger when they're older. What do you mean by preventing and, 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 and how, how are they preventing these things from happening? The natural well, progress lot, I mean, of aging, yeah. you, you can't stop yeah. that progress. You will continue well, you to age no matter how much Botox and fillers <laughs> you get, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But, you'll, but you know what? You do slow it down. I mean, especially if you started younger. I mean, I go through the whole process with every patient that comes in. Then I, then I go over the first thing. You stop. You start from the top and you work your way down. And you start, start from the outside and you work your way in. On the outside, you have textural changes, sun damage, genetic components like blood vessels and brown spots and wrinkles. Those things can be changed and very can be prevented in many ways. Sometimes a good skincare regimen can work to, to help the fine lines, to help uh, improve the complexion, um, and that can start at a very young age. As the, as people get a little bit older and the lines start to develop from movement, that can be stopped or slowed down um, with Botox or, or, or neuromodulators and light laser or chemical 
uh, peels can be used for fine lines and textural changes. As people get a little bit older, they're, you know, upper 20s, early 30s to 40s, the volume starts to deplete, and that can be fixed with fillers. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of men coming in who want enhancement of certain features, like maybe more prominent jawline or more prominent cheekbone um, as they're starting to lose some volume or their temples are hollowed and they want, um, you know, some improvement there so they don't look as tired or as um, uh, worn out and that sort of thing. And fillers can be used for that, even when you're younger. Um, and that, and some of the fillers have been shown to increase collagen. So Sculpture, for example, when it goes in, it stimulates collagen. Cal, uh, um, Radius, which is a calcium-based product, that one also has been shown to increase collagen. So if you start those younger, a lot of times people feel that they, when, when it's out of the body, that you actually than you did when you originally started. Um, and then the last component is really gravity or gravitational effects, the sort of sagging. And that is a little bit more difficult to treat. It, it traditionally was thought of as only surgical, that at some point you would go in and get a facelift or a neck lift. Um, and now there's a lot of devices that sort of thermal, externally heat the skin from underneath, like radiofrequency or ultrasound devices, thermage, ulthera, sublative, that can be used to tighten the skin. Um, and those really work well when you start out at a younger age. Um, and if you look at someone's parents and you see that they have these sagging jaws or a sagging neck, you're going to, you know that they're probably going to get that as they age. And everybody does, but to some extent, some more than others. And if you start out sooner doing these tightening procedures, these external um, skin heating procedures, you may be able to prevent needing a facelift for a longer period of time or having sagging uh, uh, skin for a longer period of time. You know, notoriously, a lot of men's eyebrows are very low. That's sort of a, a more masculine appearance as compared to females that have a very high-arched brow. Uh, men, what that does is then pushes eyelids down. So a lot of men go in thinking they need the, you know, their eyelids fixed. But a lot of times, if you can get the eyebrows to just lift a little bit, it pulls that away, and they might not actually need a surgery if they do these sort of preventative treatments for tightening and lifting. So there really is a compilation of things that people can do when they're younger to help prevent aging and make them look better for a longer period of time. Talking a lot about preventative aesthetics, aesthetic mm-hmm. medicine. Yeah, um, I call it age prophylaxis. <laughs> I love it. Age prophylaxis. That's what I tell everyone. Age prophylaxis. They come in and they're 25. They're like, what should I do? I said, okay, we're going to have the age prophylaxis talk. What can we do to okay, prevent Okay, so this aging? is what I want to ask you then. Now you're talking 25. Mm-hmm. That's really young. That's it younger is. than is. either of my daughters. <laughs> and, oh, I got myself in trouble on this one. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, no. No, you didn't get yourself in trouble, but if but if my 25-year-old daughter came to me and said, um, I think I need some fillers or Botox, I would look at her, and even though I'm in the industry and I love doing all this, I would say, mm-hmm. really? I think you're a little bit too young. I don't see the need for it. You look beautiful. There's right. So 25 is very young to start thinking about Botox and fillers in, in, in my opinion, unless, of course, you do have a lot of crow's feet starting or 
or you look angry, are you finding it's more the gay community that's coming to you at 25, 26, in their 20s, wanting to have that youthful appearance forever? Because I, I, compared to the straight man that would be coming to you at 25, I, I don't know. You know, if you're five years that. ago. Yeah, you know, five years ago, I would have told you yes that it was mainly. Um, I was seeing this more in the gay community because of sort of the Peter Pan effect. Everyone there really wants to stay looking young. There's a mixture of older and younger men that are associated with each other. So the older men are looking at the younger men and seeing that as their gauge for what's attractive all the time. Uh, But I'm telling you, I see a lot of people now that come in who already have very significant forehead lines. And if you look at pictures of them in the past, they had them in their teens. And now, as they get a little bit older, it's 25 or 30, those are getting even deeper, and they really want something to help prevent it from worsening. I see people that have significant nasolabial folds, and that's because their cheeks are starting to fall. If you look at their father's pictures, at about 35, his cheeks are down to his lips. You know, and you can see the fat pads, and you can see the orbits. And so you say, well, what's too young? Well, you know, you kind of have to do it in comparison to the individual person. There's some people where at 25, 26, they really do, they really could use some volume. Maybe they never had much in the past, but a little bit of lift in the right place will sort of help prevent them from looking younger or make them enhance how they look now even better. And, and it might be something that's necessary. I mean, Botox per se, you know, I have people that it's out that I meet, you know, as I'm walking my dog or I'll walk around young people and I have a girl I met the other day that says, what do you think? I, should I get Botox? And she has no lines. She has no, even when she moves, it's rarely anything there. I tell her, don't waste your money because in that case, you're too young. There's nothing that's there. But if, if you have a person that's younger who does come in with some substantial effects from aging or it's just a genetic component, it's something in their family, I don't see the I don't see the harm in trying, you know, in doing some things to make them look better now that maybe will prevent them from looking worse later. So you're really differentiating then the patient that's coming to you that actually has some lines um, mm-hmm. or nasolabial folds, as you say, and it's it's largely genetics. If, if they brought a picture of their father, they're concerned mm-hmm. that that's how they're going to look when they're 35, um, as compared to a patient that comes to you that really looks still pretty good for their age in their 20s, I mean, and, and they don't have any lines or they don't have any loss of volume, but they think that, oh, if I, if I do do some of this, it's going to help prolong how I look now. What do you say to those patients compared to the other patients that actually do have um, something that you can see as opposed to the patient that walks in that is mainly preventative, that you can't see mm-hmm. anything, but they still want to have fillers or Botox. Do you treat well, I mean, them differently you... and talk to them differently? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example. I, I see a lot of young females that come in that really want enhanced cheekbone or enhanced lips. I see filler sometimes as a tool of artistry almost like paint on a paintbrush or using a specific type of ceramic for a sculptor. 
if someone comes in and they want something a little bit bigger or a little more of a shape and it's going to still keep them attractive and not looking unnatural for their age, I don't see a reason why I couldn't do that. I mean, I'm at fault in treating my sister who's 20 um, when she was 27 and filler on her cheeks and she loved it and no one knew that she had anything done. They just all knew she, they all thought she looked better. But she loved how she had a little bit more contour, a little bit more lift. She looked better in the shadows and in the lights and pictures and how makeup was on her face. Same thing with my with her lips. Uh, and, you know, we didn't put a lot of volume. It was really about sort of enhancing the lip corner and enhancing the um, the border of the lip and giving a little bit of turn out, a pout of the lip, so, which, is, which is what a lot of women find attractive. And, but if it was going to make her look overdone or an unused or an unnatural version for youth, then I would say that's where the doctor needs to differentiate and shouldn't treat. Um, but if someone comes in and they have, you know, almost no upper lip and they're a little younger and they know their mom, when they look down the road, has nothing there, what's the harm in doing something now that's going to make her still look her age but enhance everything that she has? And so it's really so you're really talking about approach. sculpting. Mm-hmm. You're really exactly. talking about sculpting and, and, and sculpting the face to enhance what a person already has. I understand exactly. that, sculpting and, and wanting to have the higher cheekbones and the, and the lips. I think those patients are really doing it for not preventative. I think those patients are coming to you because they want to enhance what they already have. Is that is that a, a good assessment? Uh, I mean, it depends because in general, when you do those things, you're still sort of turning back time. If you're giving someone volume in the cheek with a filler, even at a young age, it's still preventing the cheek from falling. It's still taking away the gravitational effect, but it's giving a little bit of volume. So indirectly, you're somewhat preventing, even though you're using it for an enhancement. Now, men. So they might not be. Yeah, they might not be coming in per se to want to prevent something, but indirectly they are. In, indirectly, right? Right. And, but men must have a different mindset about that. Men that come in and they want, they come in because they have an aesthetic concern, whether it's 20 years old or 50 years old. And again, it's the evaluation of those whole things we talked about: the texture, the volume, the gravitational effect the movement lines, all that, and whether or not those components will help them at their age. I do have some people that will come in and they look great and they say, is there anything I can do now to make me look better but also prevent the aging? And there are certain little things that sometimes can work if someone has those 11 lines but they're not that significant. A little bit of the neurotoxin, the Botox dysport or whatever will help prevent that from getting worse. Um, topical creams for wrinkles, you know, using, again, the fillers to enhance the jawline, which is what I see a lot in in chin in a lot of men, is very common. Those things not only are helping prevent aging process, but also giving enhancement and making them look better at their age. What is the most popular reason when men come to you and they're looking to enhance their looks or or prevent the aging different for the straight community versus the gay community? Most or, of the, or not? And yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, most of the men that I have that are, are straight, that 
are typically a little bit older and wanting Botox or fillers. And that's typically because they're talking to the wives or their wives had it done or they heard from a friend that those things would be good for their wrinkles. Um, a lot of the younger people I have coming in that are, that are in, that I have from the gay community are looking to features they have. That's why I do a lot of liposuction. Um, a lot in the gay community are really trying to enhance the features that they have unless they're a little bit older and need to do things to treat a specific thing, I'm seeing people come in wanting, saying, what can I do to make me look more masculine, make me look more attractive? And in those cases, we really are using things, sculpt, so I'm using liposuction for abdominal etching, muscular definition, chest defining, uh, removal of male glands for uh, or breast male breast surgery, fillers to you know, enhance the jawline, enhance the cheek, um, lasers to keep the skin looking really clean and tight and smooth, um, and that sort of thing. Do you sometimes have the wives coming in with the husbands saying, this is what I want you to do to, to my husband? <laughs> All the time. All the, time. the other day I had a wife who came in and said, he uses Botox, I want you to do Botox, you know, on his forehead. And how squeamish are the husbands? Well, I was totally fine with it, actually. He said, whatever she wants, I'll do. But the funny thing is he wasn't a good candidate for it. Even though he had lines, his eyebrows were so low that if you treated his forehead lines, the eyebrows would fall down over his eyes. So we did other things in that case. What did you do in that case? Yeah, so in that case, you know, a lot of times, that's what I'm saying. In that case, you have to do other things, such as using fillers on the forehead to fill the lines and lift the forehead. Also, you know, Botox in the middle part of the eyebrow does help give a little bit of lift to the central part of the brow, but filler under the brow, filler on the forehead, and laser treatments to sort of soften the skin, because a lot of men's skin is a little bit thicker, has his beard, you know, there's uh, more of a textural quality. If you can, you can smoothen that out with some laser appeals or topical skincare creams, it makes them look a lot younger. So in this particular case with this husband, how did you treat him? So in this case, I did fillers on his temple, under his eyebrows, and on his forehead. And I used uh, Botox to the middle part of his brows to help those 11 lines, those angry-looking lines that you see in the middle of the eyebrows. Um, and and we, we booked for a procedure that he's doing next week. Wow. So I bet and his this was all for somebody happy. who... His wife was very happy. This was all for somebody who came in just wanting to look a little bit better. But the thing is, he hadn't done anything in the past. And we went through that whole process that I was telling you about from the outside in where you're looking at the texture of the skin, you're looking at the wrinkles, you're looking at the gravitational and the volumetric effect. And instantly from the fillers, he already looked more well-rested. His eyebrows were a little bit more lifted. The lines on his forehead were softened. I mean, he left extremely happy, not even realizing the, the effect of what the, what could be a possibility. It was his wife that said to him, you know, you're looking a little bit tired. You're looking a little bit older. I know there's things that we can do to make you look a better version of your age. Come in to see Dr. Emmer. And we talked, and I really got what it is he wanted to look, and it didn't change how he looked. It just made him look better. That's fabulous. I, I, I love to hear when when men really listen to their wives. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what? Excuse me. 
so uncommon. I don't need to because if they don't, they get in trouble. Well, I I, th- I just think it's great, you know, when when the wife can say to the husband, "Oh, honey, you're looking a little bit tired around the eyes," and come on in and let's do a little bit Botox and fillers, and and I think you're going to look so sexy afterwards, and for and for the husband to acquiesce to that and say, "Okay." I'm going to do that. I'm game because I know a lot of men, first of all, are deathly afraid of, of needles. And and I've had conversations with men about this. And, and I have a great friend who who is really takes care of himself. He looks fabulous. He exercises all the time. And he's in his 50s. And he looks, I mean, he looks fabulous for in his 50s. And he's, you know, he's a hot-looking guy. and But he's got these deep forehead lines mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. deep um, number 11s between his eyebrows. <laughs> I keep telling mm-hmm. you, I was saying, you know, a little bit of Botox would really would really soften that up and it would even make you look more fabulous. And his response to me is, A, I don't want any needles in my face. I'm really afraid of that. And B, I don't want to look more feminized, educating men that... Mm-hmm. If they do get some Botox, it's not necessarily going to make them be feminized, but also getting getting past that fear. Even though it's a small needle and with numbing cream, you don't even feel it. It's just the concept of that, I think, really freaks some people out, especially men that are big babies. Very true. And you know what it is? It's hard because... You really have to get, I have to get people into the door. You got to talk to them at a dinner party and convince them to come in because most of the time when people come in, once they leave, they say, you know what, that wasn't that big of a deal. And it all depends on the doctor, obviously, but I, you know, I have different techniques to help, um, make people feel more at ease, to not have as much pain. I mean, there are ways, like you said, with icing or using anesthesia, but in general, we use much smaller needles. Um, you're talking, I say talkesthesia, you know, as you're doing the procedure. I sort of vibrate or tap the skin where around where I inject so that people don't feel the injections nearly as much. And a lot of men require less injections, per se, because they're not doing typically as much um, as some of the women that I treat. So it really doesn't end up being as big of a deal as they would have thought. And it's also showing photos and, and explaining that if they get these treatments done, it's not going to take away from their masculinity. It's only going to make them look better, a better version of themselves. Once you show photos, you were talking about the 11 lines, for example. One thing I notice a lot in men, and this might be something you've never noticed before, but where the forehead meets the top of the nose, there's sometimes a little indentation there. And a lot yes, of people use I have Botox. Seen that. Yeah, and it's more of like masculine feature. You know, it's that sort of not Neanderthal look, but that deeper set forehead. Like I was talking about the bone on top, but this is right above where the nose is, in between the eyes. And a lot of people use Botox because they think it's the muscle contraction, but that's actually a little loss of volume in that area. It's a space that's being created because there's loss of volume between the forehead and the nose. And that makes men look much older than they are. And it's something that's very noticeable. If you put a little filler in there, it changes people dramatically. I could show you so many photos of younger men that have, uh, or even older men, that have this space that's there um, that's either genetic or loss of volume, and you put 
use Botox to soften the lines there, but it's still there. If you put a little bit of volume in there, really change their appearance. It takes this extreme focus away from the center part of the forehead and it changes it to the eyes, to the cheeks, to the lips, to the jawline, making people, you know, look at other features on their face and it pulls you away, making that person look more attractive. And I've showed so, so many pictures really of people. So that's a really good point. A lot of times it's really a subtle change that can make someone appear much more attractive, much less tired, more masculine, more feminine. You know, a big change always is, and I'm sure you've heard talked about this and have many patients that have experienced this, where the tear trough area under the eye, you know, the mat is hollowed or when there's darkening there, everyone appears more tired. Everyone appears like they're stressed. When you put a little bit of filler in there in the right way, it instantly changes how that person looks. No one would know that they particularly had something done, but that subtle change just makes that person look different, looks more attractive. And so I think really honestly, it's not necessarily treating a wrinkle or having somebody in saying, I want my lips bigger. It's using a global approach, looking at the person and saying, look, these are the things that I'm noticing on you that are deficient based on those that criteria we talked about, the gravitational effects, the wrinkles from movement, the loss of volume, the textural changes. And you look at the person regardless of what age and you point out those things. And if you use those, you can really create symmetry in that person. You can enhance how they look at their age rather than changing a feature. And I always say, you know, you don't, you don't want to look like the person whose lips walk in the room before they do. But when I say that, that whole point is, you're, those people are being treated by a feature. You're, someone's coming in and saying, I want my lips bigger, I'm going to do that. But if you, if you look at the person and say, you know what, a little, little bit on your lips is going to throw your whole face out of proportion. We really need to sort of do fillers on your chin and lift the corners of your mouth and, and give some texture, you know, lift your cheek and some, um, you know, a uh, little bit of filler on the bridge of your nose, that will take the appearance away from what you're lacking in the lip because the rest of your face will look attractive and you won't need as much in the lip. Subtle changes really can make a difference. You just have to find somebody who has that global approach, that aesthetic eye. And sometimes that's hard, especially in a place like here, where L.A., where there's tons of people that are doing fillers and saying they're the experts and they're on TV and they have publicists and this sort of thing. It's very tough for consumers. I think I love that philosophy. And, and you're right, not, not every dermatologist or injector looks at the face like that and um, will sometimes overdo particular areas, like the lips in women. I mean, I've seen women, yeah. and I know you have too, that have just huge yeah. lips, and they think that they look beautiful, and, and they really, all, all you see is their lips. <laughs> yeah. You see a beautiful face. But right. it's huge lips. I, for one, never understood that. I happened to be in one plastic surgeon's office once, and there was a gorgeous girl who worked there in the front desk. I mean, she was stunning, absolutely stunning. But she had the hugest lips that I have ever seen, and I've been around for a long time in this industry. And I kept looking at her lips, and that's all I saw. And I kept thinking to myself, wow. Why did she do this to her lips? She's gorgeous. And I just didn't understand it. I but know. And, you know, the problem is, though, is the, it's really the aesthetic eye. 
when somebody comes in and says, I want this, the doctor has to be able to evaluate what is going to make that person beautiful, attractive, and natural. And sometimes some people don't have that. You're talking about the lips in particular. Most of the time, I'm seeing people that need contouring around their chin, underneath the lip, around the lip to lift the corners of the mouth, the wrinkles, or, you know, as you move out rather than sitting in the middle part of the face, it's not necessarily that they need volume that's into the lip itself. And, you know, as people age, the bone resorbs around the mouth. Some people miss have bad teeth, missing teeth. That influences the volume and the lift in that part of the cheek and the face. And sometimes that needs to be addressed before the actual lip itself. And you really have to go to somebody that has that viewpoint. Where oh, do you yeah. think the trend is going with men? I, I want to get back to men for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We only have a few minutes left. I, I think the trend really is what I keep saying is age prophylaxis. I think people younger and younger are coming in and wanting a slew of treatments that are going to help them both on their face and body to staying attractive, having less sun damage, having less aging uh, overall and what they want to know what they can do for that, whether that's doing at-home treatments, whether that's coming in consistently for maintenance treatments. And I also think the body particularly is a very hot area. People really want to have both an attractive face and body. In the next few years, you're going to see many devices, many new topical creams that are going to address issues of concern on the body in terms of skin wrinkling and cellulite as people age, discoloration, texture of the skin, things that affect uh, fat and, and, and um, tightening of, and musculature and that sort of thing. I think all of those types of products and devices are going to be very hot over the next few years, and they're already starting to be, and there's a big trend for it. So what would you tell the men out there that are listening to this program? Do your research. You want to find somebody, aesthetic eye, and that is interested in keeping a man looking as a man, and that there are many things you can do, not necessarily with injections, to keep your skin looking good, prevent it from having any skin cancer, looking less um, aged, if you go to the right doctor who has a treatment plan for you. So what are a few questions that they should ask the doctor before they commit to a program? That's a a very good question. I think um, it's not really the best to necessarily ask the treatments you've done or, you know, what is um, the exact technique the person uses because in general you really should have a lot of faith in the doctor that they're doing what's in your best interest. But I do think that you should ask, you know, how long is this going to last me? What is going to be the effect of this? Why are we particularly doing this sort of treatment on my face? Is it what's unique about me that I should think about as I age or in the long run? And is this something that's going to benefit me um, both now and in the future? And then what, if you're going to do anything particularly now, what can you do to maintain it? the results if you're happy with them. Well, thank you, Dr. Emmer. This is all wonderful information. It's very interesting what's what's going to um, 
happen with the male with the male aesthetics market it'll be it'll be certainly interesting to see where it's going over the next several years i think there'll always be a segment of the population that will age gracefully and never want to do any aesthetic procedures and i think that's okay that's fine it's a I personal agree. choice I agree. it's a very personal choice so how can listeners get in touch with you baldingplasticsurgery.com or um, expertliposuction.com facebook page MD uh, has very useful information that I put on every day, and we have office numbers and all those locations. If anyone has any questions, they can call or send me an email. And your Facebook page is J- is Dr. J- Jason, Jason Emmer, M- MD. It's Jason Emmer, comma MD. Thank you again, Dr. Emmer. Thank you, Michelle. And listeners, thank you. To schedule a consult. You can call me at 415-494-7211 or email me at info at niptuckcoach.com. Remember, you only have one face and one body, so choose wisely. My Twitter handle is niptuckcoach or safety first. And if you like a copy of my ebook, please visit niptuckcoach.com. And if you'd like to be a guest on my show, please email me at info at niptuckcoach.com. Thank you again and have a beautiful weekend. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Nip Tuck Coach Radio. Join us next week for another exciting program about the world of cosmetic surgery and beauty. To learn more about Michelle Garber, go to www.niptuckcoach.com. To consult with Michelle directly, call 415-494-7211.